We can't be here. We can't be here all all night. It'd be like the world's worst dance club. Well, I'm not sure that my first nap was um, anything to go by. The second, well, the second one sounded fine. I could. Yeah, hear because that was three. a clap, not a snap. Doesn't really make a difference. I could hear three separate claps, snaps, whatever they are. So it would be enough to level it up. Yeah, yeah. we're we're all good. We 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 know how to run this show by now. Well, I'm not sure if my think? snap worked at all because you guys supposed to disappear. Um, hmm. Yeah, well, 50% of 4 doesn't equal 4, does it? Oh well, that's 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 a shame. So we're going to sit here with old film, uh, old Marvel film spoilers, you know. You know, it just, it just have it there. Jeff Bridges was the villain the entire time. Oh, no. Yeah, you know. Superman kills Thanos. Uh, what? Spoiler alert. <laughs> Superman kills Thanos. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler perfect. alert. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler alert. More of an inert spoiler. Hey! <laughs> you want me fun there? Oh, that's going to be a nice bit of cutting that I'll need to pick out, because that just picked out every bit of rummaging through. Well, you three were boring me. Wow. Wow. Oh, look at this, Mr. Precious Time here. Right, okay, in that case, in order to make sure that we can do with the time that we so severely lack this is the immaterial gamers podcast this is episode number 40 okay. so uh, yeah we we have more podcasts than the entire infinity saga what of it that's just how this this, this works we just have less less spoilers contract disputes and uh we don't get hollywood premieres but we try so uh yeah based on that uh i'm rain and i've got my co-cast with me here i've got uh, darius Hello everyone. I've got D. Woo! And I've got Martin. You'll do as far as. Oh, what do you mean? You'll do. You, you'll do. That's not how this works. I do the hosting, you just do the co-hosting. Oh, you wanted a high. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Hi guys. There we go. <laughs> right. And uh, yeah, you know, you know this, 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 this warm-up thing that we do before we get into it. I feel it just it just gets a little bit weirder every week. I mean, I mean, look at it. We've got two people sat around a mic. To anyone listening, just imagine there are two people sat around a mic, and then uh, yeah, two people from their uh, headsets or onboard audio or something else from across the city. Probably gonna say across the sea. Across the sea? Mm. No, that, that that would have been if if Duncan was around. Well, that's going to be actually a first, to be honest. We don't have a yeah the other half. Yeah, well, we don't have a Canadian. Yeah, this is so it's like what Game of Thrones. You know, there must always be a Stark. No, 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 it's not. This doesn't work like that. What the Immaterial Gamers podcast? There must always be a Canadian on the podcast. Well, no, it's yeah. Yeah, I mean, we could. Yeah, I mean, we could. We could see if we could get that working. Transatlantic. Yeah. Yeah, the imma- yeah the immaterial game is transatlantic podcast filmed from around the globe. Yeah. But, but no no this one is Manchester and surrounding areas this week so uh, yeah. Mm. Now that you get a little bit more of uh, of an idea of how the operation works and the locations and logistics of everything, uh, let's completely ignore that entirely and move to what's been played. What's been played. So, D. Yes. You've not been here for a while. Uh, last few weeks I've been playing Drum. Oh, this week I've been playing Drumper. Um, ah, Dangan Romper. Yeah, that one. Yeah. Trigger I've... happy havoc. And uh, how's that been going then? Uh, I've got to the third one now, and I've completed ninety-six percent of Watch Dogs. I've yes. got to figure out what the last four percent of Watch Dogs is. Sim, it's not story-based. Right. That'll be cl- it'll be collectible stuff that. Generally, but let's go back to to Danganronpa. And Martin made a very valid point on this. Mm. We refer to it as "fuck it bear." So, <laughs> yes, it's called. Martin calls it "fuck it bear." Martin and Don, who work on the website as well, also call it. Uh, they they call it "fuck it bear." Um, Monokuma is the is yeah. the is the name of it. And so we want to go back a little bit because yeah, we let people try and you know grab their head around this one. What is Danganronpa? 
for those who don't know. It is a six. Well, it's a story-based like RPG thing where you got to okay. interact with stuff. Yeah. Well, all the characters and the you've got to try and kill each other. But if you get caught, if the black and one gets caught, they die in the most spectacular fashion. If the mm. black and one wins, we all die. Yeah. So yeah, I mean to, to distill it at its at its most basic, it's a visual novel. What is um, the first for me? I think. Yeah, I mean, so, but it, it plays closer to the visual novel style of something like Ace Attorney. Um, Objection! Sort of like a, yeah. <laughs> like that, yeah, exactly, that game. Um, so it's, yeah, so it's basically, there's a lot of text and story based stuff. It's got a little bit of dating sim friendship meters involved mm. on it. Um, so meeting characters would cause, or like talking with characters would cause to get benefits and skills which then get used in the trial portions of the game as Dee was talking mm-hmm. about there is a lot of murder 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 and um you then have trials to solve them out and you say so you said you've finished chapter three now uh, yeah i've completed chapter, just finished chapter three so yeah generally you know there's a little been at that point would say there's uh over half a, been a few deaths yeah so they start with, like, it's a Battle Royale-style setting. There's, like, 15 of them. Oh. And they, uh, yeah. and One uh, goes bump every night? Pretty well, much. Well, every few nights. Every few nights, yeah. Cause... Just whilst I remember, Dan, or oh. D, yeah. um, Affleck's in Manchester, other niche stores are available, do a Fuck It Bear hoodie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen Don on Pro in um, Fanboy as well. Not Fanboy. Well, the card stores are available. Mm. And it's mm. not like we're sponsored by him, so, you know. Forbidden Planet. Yeah, a lot of Danganronpa stuff, basically. If you ever see a bear that's white on one side with a little smiley face and then is black on the other side with this weird-ass lightning-shaped grin and eyeball, um, then, yeah, you've met Monokuma. Fuck it, bear. Um, so, so yeah, are you, are you enjoying your, your trip? Down the Danganronpa franchise? I, other than the fact that I tried to turn the audio down and it's like, nope, still super loud. It, mm. it overrides everything else, audio-wise. Yeah, um, it's a bit... Um, I know it's, it's not being ported the best. But, um, but I mean, we're, talk, we're talking about a game that used to be on the PSP. Um, but, yeah. The, so. oh, it's different. I've not played a story-based game for, for a long, long time. Yeah. I, I'd have to say, it's, it's probably of, of the visual novels that I've played, it is very, very close to Ace Attorney in terms of being my favourite. Uh, I've never played Ace Attorney. I've seen you play Ace Attorney, hence I got the whole objection. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what got me into sort of the visual novel idea. And it's like, well, you're just reading a book, aren't you? So, well, no, you, you're kind of reading a book while playing a point and click adventure game. Or oh. in, in terms of Danganronpa with its crazy mini games. Well, yeah, you got the mini games for Donald Trumper, and the fact that you learn—you've got to choose who you talk to, mm-hmm. and you don't know if they're gonna die anytime soon. Yeah. So, like, I got a skill off the one of the dudes, and he's like, "Oh, he's dead now." Possible spoilers. The second or third version of the game has four fuck it bears. Ah, uh, yeah, that'd be yeah, that'd be Danganronpa V three, uh, Killing uh, Harmony. Yeah. I there's a monocoon the in that that has set. four kids. Five kids. But there, there's lots more than just the one and their multicolours. Yeah, the Mighty Morphin Power Bears. But yeah, I got it with the Japanese thing that's been going on on Steam. Yeah, the, uh, Golden, the Golden Week. Week sale in Japan on various stuff. But yeah, you can see where it was on Steam. So so uh, yeah, I, I hope you do have more fun with the Danganronpa. You'll find the batshit crazy story to get even more batshit crazy. And I feel it'll be, it'll be um, right down your anime alley. Yeah, well, what's the... Uh, do you know when you get to the end of it and you start... Mm-hmm. Does it have, like, a replay thing? Or do you have to start again? Yeah. No, it has a new game plus. So that way you could actually figure out who you need to talk to and give them the gifts from the thingy machine. Well, yeah. Um, because there is actually ways of 100% in the game that provides a wildly different ending. It's non-canon, but it's a different ending. Because to get the, some of the skills, I'm going to have to give the right items to the right person at the right time. Yeah. 
some obviously have you know an easier attempt at it than, than others. I couldn't figure it out. I figured one person out. I was like, oh, that's pretty simple. Where the other one was just like, really? Mm. So it's been very hit and miss if the person likes the gift or not. You, you'll generally find items that you'll you'll know what items are available something for some people based on their on their habits. Like but, uh, um, I noticed with the the ones I give to the anime dude, the ultimate fanfic is mm-hmm. miniature figurines and stuff like that. Yeah, miniature figurines, manga, stuff like that. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I've worked some of them. I've worked out. Like I saw a martial arts book and I went, "Oh, that will go to the martial artist." Mm. So yeah, there we go. Cool. Right. Moving on to someone else. Yeah, let's move it on, and we'll go to Darius. Hello. Hello. Uh, what is a game that you have been playing this week or Recently. over the past couple of weeks? Other than yourself. Dear uh, God. What? Steph's not here to do it. <laughs> he, he doesn't even go that far. Wow. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's saying something. So, Darius, yes, mate? Uh, apparently I was only playing with myself. Ah, oh, shit. Um, how, so... how, how was that? No. Um... <laughs> No, the, to be serious, no. Seriously, I've not been really playing much because um, I fatigue due to work, etc. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to rest my eyes as much as I could. Yeah. Uh, and I was watching, for example, the new Avengers. Of course. With my eyes almost closed. Yeah, that's 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 not great. Because it was too bright, I couldn't stand it. So yeah, mm. my eyes were a little bit not good. But they are getting better now. Good. And I was playing um, yesterday and today. Uh, front. Uh, tr- where is it? I don't remember really the title. Give me a thing. Uh, front Breaker. The Witcher Tales. There you go. Uh, oh well, of course you would have been playing something like that with your Witcher. Yeah. Your Witcher love. So. Uh, yeah, I've I've no I've seen little bits of Thronebreaker and it's a uh, different style. It's um, complete. Well, to... it's made with the same people who made The Witcher. However, the whole style of the game is completely different. Yeah. So uh, yeah, please go ahead. Um, it's it's literally like a story narrative game, mm. and there's lots of story, lots of lore, lots of reading, um, and the only action in the game is. A card game, the Gwent. Hey, Gwent. Yeah. So in the original game, that was like a kind of like side thing to do. Mm. Play the Gwent. Uh, but but you're saying that's the focus in this one. But it's the focus on this one. It's purely made for the Gwent only. Ah, uh, and um, so for those who don't know what Gwent is, the card game that took over and ended up sort of you know being so popular that. Uh, like CD Projekt Red and went and GOG as a combination did it, didn't they? Yes. Uh, well, uh, because uh, since The Witcher 3 was released, mm. um, the Gwent gained so much popularity yeah. that they decided to make it a, like a standalone game for the players. Mm. So, yeah, there was the Gwent The Witcher card game, uh, which was mainly focused on online battles where you can play against the other players. Do you and think I, it's going to be a tabletop? And then, and then, just give me a second, then. Um, and then they decided to make a full, um, full-blown single-player game with Gwent Focus only. Yeah, which is what Thronebreaker. Which is Thronebreaker. Mm. And but, it's yeah, and it's basically um, kind of like before or in, during the Witcher books. Right. However, so this is separately to Geralt's. It's it's in the same world, but you don't have Geralt involved in the story. Mm. You still hear about him doing some things, yeah. but he's not directly involved in it. It's mainly right, okay. you have a big war between Northern Realms and Nilfgaard, mm. and that's that's kind of where the book's kind of starting. Yeah. So do you mean it in a similar way to what Lord of the Rings Online did? You were sort of aware of what the big characters were doing, but you were doing your own thing in the background? Kind of, but you're doing your, your own big thing anyway. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, 
there was like Lord of the Rings Online, there was War of the North as well, was sort of the, the other one. So you yeah. had like characters that were in there. It's like I know I remember this like the three characters you had the dwarf, this elf and this ranger. They would rescue the eagle that would then rescue Gandalf from the uh White Tower? Yeah. Yeah, Isengard, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So yeah, so that that sort of linking without directly affecting Yeah. Well it's mainly it's not mainly mainly linking to the other Witcher games, it's mainly linking to, to the books. Ha. Right. Because you have the games after the books, mm-hmm. and that that game is more related to the books than to the games. Right, them, it's more of a lore base. Yeah, and okay. well, and oddly enough, because I bought the collect collectors editions of the game and then the collectors edition of the DLCs mm-hmm. for for which are free, I do have like a physical copy of Gwent. Nice. Which I just I love the idea, and I mean as a as a trading card game. Well, it's not it's, it's, it's not an interesting concept. It's not a trading card game. It's like, well, it is in the in kind of in the game, but not not in the physical ones. Because when you bought the physical copy, you got all the cards which are in the game, mm. and you just based on that you just building your deck. Yeah, oh, but I, I I liked its rules as well. Like this whole that you had to do this best of three. Match which because yeah. it was it, it was it was simple. It was like whoever had the most power between you or your opponent when you both stopped playing cards won the round, and it was the best of three to win that. But yep. you were limited in the fact that minus outside factors, you the cards that you drew were the cards that you had for the entirety of the match. Yeah. So you couldn't just go all out in one. Yeah. So you had one kind round. of like planet. Yeah. So yeah, so you had to sort of plan ahead. I mean, like I said, like I say, like the outside factors. There were some that allowed card draw. There were some that allowed you to replay sort of creatures or play stuff from outside of the game. But yeah, they they were part of the tactics that you had to to do. So how is that in in the way that that works in Thronebreaker? Uh, how is that? Well, let's start with the fact that they rework the mechanics. Right. So first of all. Uh, in the old Gwent in Witcher 3, you mm-hmm. had three lines where you could deploy your unit. Yeah. So ideally it was for uh, melee attacks, range attacks, and then the third line, all the way on the bottom, was for um, war machines. Yeah, so, so like yeah, so ballistic catapults. catapults yeah, that sort of things. However, in this one, you've got only two lines. Right. Uh, moreover, doesn't really matter where you deploy them. Right. Would there would there be mechanics that would affect each of those two oh, rounds yes. though? Yes. So yeah. Uh, so but but I mean there is nothing stopping you to deploy archers in the front line and sword masters on the on the second. Mm. Okay, it's not wise because because um, if you say someone places something that does actions yes. to the entirety of the front row. Exactly. You've, you lose, up, yeah. you lose the archers. Mm. However, it's sometimes advantage to have the archers on the front line because the archers have only two, um, two lines of um, of range. range. Yeah. So if they are on the second of your lines, they can only hit whatever is on the first line of the enemy. Mm. So could you stagger them, maybe? Well, so there you is, you know, the kind of the pl- depend all 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 depends on your tactic. You can build a very nice cars to literally like swarm the first line and get even on top of it like times two uh, points, the victory points. Mm. Or you can like play it safe, you know, build both lines equally and throw a few spells at the enemy. Yeah. So That's yeah, it's, still. you are still uh, you are still limited to twenty five cards mm. per battle. I'm not entirely sure how much you draw. For the game, for the match, for the three turns, but I think it's way less than 25. I think yeah. it's like I'm, I might be wrong, but I think it's 12. Yeah, because yeah, because remember it was it was it was generally something like that. One, it was like 10 or 12 or yeah. So you from 25 25 cards in your deck, you drawing 12, and you drawing only I think four uh, four cards per turn basically. 
Mm. Uh, I'm not entirely sure how that's gonna work later on because I'm like only a few hours into the game. Yeah. So it might have changed, but for now it's like each turn I'm drawing four cards from this twelve and okay. trying to win the battle. <laughs> so yes, unused the unused cards carry over to the next round. Ah, uh, so that's that's how they're sort of changing it based on the original Gwent then. Yes. There's loads of changes. There's even if there is the whole cards, the whole every single card have been reworked. Mm. So if cool. there was, you know, there was like really good cards, let's say in the original game, there are it will not find that same card in this game. Fair enough. And it's like based it's, on that too. Yeah, it's seriously a uh, like completely new take on the game with just general rules from the original Gwen from the Witcher. Mm. And are you enjoying it? Oh yeah. I do enjoy it because it's kind of like my thing and I would like to know what happened to all those um kingdoms before mm. before before everything happened before everything started because cool. in the because in the yeah in the books you have like mentioning something happened but in this game they kind of like going into the details mm -hmm. so it's like basically it's um extending backstory. yeah backstory extending the knowledge of the whole witcher world yeah so it's just extended world building really isn't it so yeah cool so uh, so so far we have had the fuck it bear and the high school murders and we've had we've had uh, world building via card building so uh martin what's next frowned on by the gaming society ah you're going back to one of your favorites i'm going to a phone game uh what now game Okay. Because the main things I've been playing the last week or two is the stuff that I've already spoke about before, and I've not really got anything to add to them. So instead, I'm going to talk about a mobile game that I go back to every now and then when I'm a bit bored. Right. And what is that mobile game? My mobile game is called Anti-Yoy. Anti-Yoy. Oh, it's that one. I have no idea where the name comes from. Mm-hmm. However, it is a turn-based strategy where each team is allocated a colour. It's on a hexagonal grid of varying shapes. There are small amounts of people units and a small amount of building units with each type of unit having a level between one and four. Mm -hmm. So you'll start out with your basic villager being a one, your spearman being a two, your then slightly armoured guy being a three, and then your completely armoured up longsword knight being a four and then the only thing that can beat the unit is one higher than it until you get to the fours which can then take each other out okay the buildings also have levels on them and can usually without you've got houses and farms and two levels of defensive towers houses can be taken out by anyone farms can only be taken out by a level two dude and then the varying towers are for the level threes or level fours to take out and basically it's you take over the map before your opponent does and make sure you don't leave any back doors <laughs> back doors mm. so how successful are you normally on these um this it's more pve than it is pvp so Eventually there you... is a there is a campaign to it which i've got to about two-thirds, three-quarters of the way through and then got stuck. Oh. And then there's skirmish and player-created levels. The, the player-created levels depends on how harsh the person's feeling, whether they're actually defeatable at all. <laughs> like with most uh, player-level um, player based things. It's, uh, like... it's, it's basically you get money based on the amount of space you've got on the map each turn. And some of the player levels start you off with two spaces, so you're getting barely anything coming in. And then each unit you build takes some of your money each turn. So I can't remember the numbers, but say your basic villager takes one gold off you per turn. And you've only got two spaces, you're only gaining one gold per turn, so that's you at a flat rate of zero, not able to expand. Mm. Well, that basically seems cheeky as, uh, cheeky as God knows what. But the idea behind it in general play is that you will have a bigger area and build it up over time and therefore you have got to keep an eye on the economics of it mm. Mm. Uh, making sure that your income is at least even with your expenditure if not higher than 
No, okay. I have that problem with another game, uh, the City Skylines. Yeah, I, it does kind of have those little bits of tweaks into that from what I'm hearing. Then, like this sort of resource management because of sort of the lack of units, so that's a bit more important. There is that aspect to it, where it's very much because it's a mobile game, back to basic. Mm. Yeah. You've literally got like one space without a farm on it will give you one gold. A basic villager will cost you ten gold to buy and then one gold upkeep per turn. Yeah. As an example of some of the numbers. Mm. Um, with each level of unit becoming substantially more upkeep based each turn. Mm. So there will come a point if you're not constantly building farms that cost you more each one you build you will end up at a point where you either run out of unit of money to buy the unit or your upkeep's too high, at which point the following turn it kills all of your units because you can't afford to feed them. Nice. That's harsh. At that point, your opponents who have kept their economy going stomp when... into your ground by about four tiles each direction. Yeah. And then you can just about afford to build your one guy back up because that's the, all the money you're getting in. Uh, nothing, nothing better than just cruel... Monopoly by way of starving people out. Yeah. So. But then you have to take into account as well that each of your defensive towers also have an upkeep cost. Oh, so if you oh. put your defensive towers in the wrong place and then your opponent wipes you out when you've run out of dudes, your upkeep will still be more expensive than you actually getting in. So you can't build anything back until the enemy hits you in the right place to free up your money. God, there's less, less anti yoy, more anti fun. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, I yeah, can see why it appeals because of the number things. You have the most masochistic of mobile games. Well, we've always discussed the fact that if I was to make a game, nobody would play it. Well, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that that could be its own separate. That could be its own separate podcast. That let's just yeah. sum it up with massive punishment, low rewards. Yeah, and no, no real risk to take. Just put it in terms of footballers for a second here. Oh. In my eyes, if a goalkeeper doesn't save a goal, he should have his wages docked. Mm. Yeah. If a striker doesn't put a goal in, he should have his wages docked. If a striker does put a goal in, he gets a shake of his hand and said, well done for doing your job. Yeah. Notice how he didn't say he gets a goal bonus. <laughs> and in the same way, if a goalkeeper gets a clean sheet, well done, you've done your job. Mm. No player would join his team. No. And in that point, no player... No no game developer would take up his concepts. Mm. They're that cruel. <laughs> you have to be cruel to be kind. Think of it this way. People would love to play Dark Souls as an alternative to a Martin game. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Dark Souls. Yeah, when Dark Souls would be the alternative. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, cheers, cheers, Martin, for, for, for anti-oi. So, yeah, strategies, card games, visual novels, and then me. So, we, we all know at this point that I like myself an RPG, yeah? Mm. I'm taking it in Dest- you know. not Destiny, the other one. No. Nope. Division. I said, I said an RPG. Oh. I don't know. No. Uh, it's the remaster of Square Enix weird tactical RPG, The Last Remnant. Mm. So, uh, yeah. This was an RPG that came out in 2008. Mm. And you played, you played the lead character of Rush Sykes. Uh, an amiable, optimistic, if not a little dumb... Pawnstar. Nope. Nope. He's, you know, you you usually get the stories of, oh, this is a warrior, this is this. No, he's just a kid who was on an island with his sister and his sister got kidnapped. Uh, And uh, you you join him in the story of literally not knowing anything. Where's my sister? What's this battlefield? Who's that woman who obviously doesn't look like my sister? And why does she look like my sister? Honestly, that's the first few minutes. Uh, oh, was it, wasn't there a dragon involved in it? A dragon? A dragon or some sort of like a monster? Maybe. There's there's monsters. There's flying monsters. Yeah. There's like, like a yeah a flying dude. Um. So yeah. I noticed that it was on the, it was on it was on the PlayStation. As a mm. as a remaster, it's had the Final Fantasy X X two treatment. Oh. And the okay. like the Final Fantasy twelve. Uh, is this the game you've been playing where they've been like wandering around and everybody's bowing down to this guy and your main character's just like, you're right there, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, Dave. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh, Rush, yeah. So he meets a... He no meets, respect for authority. Yeah, he meets the leader of this town called Aflam and he's uh, he's called... He's, 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 uh, 
He's Lord David, the Marquis of Athlum. And everyone calls him Lord David. Yes, my lord. So like this, Rush walks in and goes, Hi, Dave. Hi, Dave. I mean, in, in that point, you're supposed to really call him Dav. It's David, not David. So therefore, Dave makes no sense. But um, yeah, the combat in the game is different for Square Enix Fair, to be honest, as well. It's that, So you don't control individual characters. And you, because of that, you don't control their individual skills. So they all have them. They have combat arts, physical attacks, basically. Mystic arts, magic attacks. Uh, restoration arts, healing and stuff like that. They also have support skills. But you put them together in groups called unions. And you control the tactic of each union. So you don't you don't say, right, you hit with this spell and you hit with this spell. You'll have options like charge, which is like run towards an enemy and attack him. Hit them with combat arts, hit them with mystic arts, keep your HP up, turn the battle around. It's all sort of combat commands for each union as opposed to each individual unit. And then based on that, they're all on this this battlefield and they can all run and cross into each other. Um, the, the feature that will just come up straight into it is, is deadlock. So two armies or two unions will run into each other and they will continue fighting until one falls over and dies. At that point, that unit can then choose a new target. They can, um. they can choose to run off, but it plays a, a D&D style attack of, uh, attack of opportunity mm. on Could there you as well. put one of the unions to heal one of the other unions? Yeah, there's yeah, they're all part of the commands, but they're all it's all context based. So oh. they they won't they won't heal um, unions that aren't injured. They won't get that option. You oh, don't okay. get to say who they heal. You just get to tell them to heal someone that turn. Yeah. Oh, okay. So so yeah, it's, like I say, it's all context based. And what's clever about it is they do have a little bit of an AI in there as well. So let's say the you choose keep your HP up because you're a little bit of You've took a little bit of damage as a union, um, which is also the other thing. Individual units can be knocked out, but if the HP of the union disappears, all units, no matter how well Top. they possibly are, they fall. Oh, okay. So, um, so but yeah, yeah. you, you so use this like keep your HP up thing, and let's say you re- one of them restores the health. The other units that haven't had their turn yet in that combat command will then reassess based on how they've been attacked leading up to their turn. So they won't, the, the AI is clever enough that they won't waste their turn if they've got another option. Oh, okay. So, so it, can, it can go up, I've had, it, I've had it happen where I've, you know, restored my health at the beginning of the Union's turn, and then three down the line, the enemies have just missed with all their attacks, so I'm at full health. So one of them just changes to a combat art and just is like, well, I might as well get a lick in on this enemy while I'm here. So it's a, I, I like how it's a little bit clever. And they, there's no, they don't have levels. So it's just that like every fight you're in just has chances that they increase all of their stats. And some of them seem useful, like HP and AP, their ability points. And then Gluttony and Love are stats that can also increase. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know why. I don't know what they do. Well, Gluttony's kind of food thing, or... Yeah, but in the context of fighting, what does Gluttony provide? So they You can enjoy eat fighting. mushrooms! Uh, could also be that if they eat too much outside of the battle, then they slow down in battle. Um, maybe? But I have, however, just realised why I win more games than you do. You lick your enemies, I punch them in the face. <laughs> ha ha ha. Get a lick in, you know, as in... Get an attack, you cheap thing. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Brian hates the Sundays I'm on early shifts. Yeah, pretty much. This just sort of leads into... You know, Ryan becomes the butt of the joke. Yeah, he said butt. Huh, I say butt all the time. Anyway, so uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoying it. Uh, it's still punishing like God knows what. So uh, yeah, so it did uh, get a bit though. I got to a boss and the first action was I ran in with my group and then sat there and watched as every unit went towards my team and they all attacked and killed me, which if they kill Rush's team, doesn't matter who else is alive. Game over. Mm. I was like, twat. Whereas I did see you spend about a good hour, hour and a half last night, basically one hitting enemies. Yeah, 
Yeah. So some... it can't be that punishing. Well, the bosses are a lot different to the yeah, to the main the main enemies, as is every Square Enix game. To be yes. fair, it's like um, is it Deus Ex? Is Square Enix? Yeah, yeah. The bosses in Deus Ex, it's just like really. I've had to have you fight one of the bosses for me. It's just like nope. Well, that was that was probably because of Deus, and it was Mankind Divided, which was initially the the one on that, and that's. Yeah, um, I, I went all stealth, and this boss is like, nope, I'm just going to hit you with artillery and stuff. It's like, oh, joy! Yeah, that's because Eidos decided at one point, in a game where stealth was key, they wanted boss fights that could only be solved with combat, which, compared to the old Deus Ex games, was fucking stupid. Why did you think that that was going to happen? It's like, yeah, I've got, I've got all this um, stealth tech. It's like, yay! Uh, I can stealth here, stealth there. And it's like, Hi, boss. It's like, oh, shit. I have no damage. Well, this was the thing, D. Um, Old Deus Ex games. You could beat bosses by talking to them. Ah. Conversation was a way of beating the bosses. And they didn't have that in Mankind Divided or the other one. So, you know. I mean, they improved it with, like, the the updated edition, but it should have been there in the first place. Anyway, (laughs) yeah. Before I I get too crazy, let's, uh, let's wrap the games or the what's been played section up and uh it is time to move on yes news time news time so let's start with this one we'll go with games radar and i know that we keep seeming to start every week with oh what's happened with bioware and i'm from now but you know if they just improved we wouldn't need to talk about them because the game okay. would be fine, and the production would be fine, and everything would be fine. You know and this idea of would be awesome. yeah, you know, this idea yeah, that any is publicity awesome. is good publicity is is bollocks when it comes to Bioware. Yeah, um, and let's let's think some developers have had enough of it. Don't really know much about either of these, but from what I little I've read, it's basically half of the development team have fecked off to something else. Yeah, yeah. Um, so rather you know, than sticking with it for its ten years, it was supposed to have. Yeah, this is supposed to be that Anthem was supposed to be having a Destiny-like constant cycle of content, mm. and well, we saw what happened with Destiny. To be honest, so I don't know how Bioware and EA thought they were going to be able to do any better. And you know, for the history of of why Bioware fucked up, uh, check all our other podcasts out. We've you know we've we've talked about this for about ten different podcasts now. So you know, um. But the, the update on this is that uh, three of the lead developers at Bioware have jumped off the Anthem project. One of them's gone on holiday. Well, a sabbatical, which is basically, I can't take this anymore. And two of them have literally thrown in the towel, said, I've had enough, I'm off onto that project. Yeah, so there was yeah, so there was executive producer Mark Dara, gone. Um, lead producer Michael Gamble, gone. And lead director Jonathan Warner, holiday. I'm off on holiday. Yep. So um, uh, that's not good. So yeah, and that's that's then said that like a lot of then the developers from Anthem have pivoted onto Dragon Age Four, which while that makes makes Steph happy, mm. it's also makes Steph sad because yeah, um, he he wants a new Dragon Age game, but he also wants Anthem to be the good game that he wanted it to be in the first place. So the blood Same. Yeah, same. So I mean, it's the game's been out for when, when did it come out? End of February. Oh. It's not even two months. And people are jumping ship. Yeah, people are jumping ship. Oh, They're already moving on to the next big product. They've already delayed the content that was due to come out this month indefinitely. Oh jeez. So they're already screwing up two months into their ten-year lifespan. Yeah. Well, that's not good. And let's think of it this way. Generally, so the bigger game developers give it a little bit of a longer time. Because they want to maximise the money oh, that yeah. could be bought on it. And, let's be fair, Anthem does have the microtransactions. They're cosmetic only. And you need players to buy them. Yeah. So, yeah, they usually look to try and give them a bit more time. And because of the microtransactions, which cosmetic only, which is a, a thing, because it's not like you're trying to force you know cards that make you stronger than everyone else. Battlefront 2. Um, Pay to work. Yeah. Well, it literally was. But... Yeah, still, there have been smaller developers who've done this. It's like, oh, here's a game that's coming out. 
two days later we're shutting the service down they're like Gee, you know like surely this is in the business plan that I mean what were you looking to make what were you intending to try and rake in here because that sounded like anything other than all the money wouldn't have been good enough and you're a small developer you're not an Activision or an EA who can turn around and you know market your way to getting money in than just to say that your game's fallen below expectations you've got to find the middle ground you can't go through winning it all but you also can't go through hemorrhaging money mm. so if their like. servers are costing them I know they will but costing them 10k a month mm. and their game is therefore only earning 1k a month that's not sustainable for any length of time mm. yeah if it's making say 5 to 8k you can see yourself through to see if it pulls through yeah but this is the this is the thing that I've got with Anthem is that currently in terms of particularly in terms of post game content there isn't and with these live services as they keep calling them there needs to be a reason for people to be there to get the money for the other stuff mm. and if they're not going to develop anything then there's no point what's in the point the yeah yeah exactly and so yeah and what's the what's the point of the game being there it's like um uh, rather the opposite. Like GTA Five still releases content regularly, like every yeah. Wednesday or something, or Thursday or something like that. See, a lot of players wouldn't necessarily have a problem if it was a small amount of content every week, hmm. because they could come on, do their hour of it, keep the toe in the water, so to speak, yeah, and then go off and play something else for the rest of the week, hmm. and that could bring them some money in. But if they're not releasing anything, They've got no reason to pull people back after they've completed the story. Yeah. yeah. I think in the in the time that's come out now, I think that Bioware have released one piece of the roadmap. That's another annoying turn of phrase these days that they're using as well. They've released one stronghold, the the dungeons of the game. Mm. They... At, by this point, they were supposed to have had two and a raid or cataclysm. Roadmaps seem to be the way forward at the moment, though, because Star Trek Online's been doing that. Yeah, it's once the... a month. Here's what we're planning over the next month, just so you're aware. Yeah, it's mm. the, it's the game industry catchphrase of the year, really. I mean, that one though, what I kind of liked, I guess, with the Cryptics one compared to EA's one, was EA's roadmap was this is what's coming out. Mm. This is when it may come out. From what it sounds like with. It's not really cryptic anymore, is it? It's perfect world that run Star Trek. Yeah. They're, they're providing updates. Yeah, because it's very much this starting this month, uh, this weekend will be extra this on stuff, that weekend will be extra this on stuff. Yeah. So they're giving you their mini events ahead of time. Oh. oh, and by the way, on the 15th, we're releasing the next story mode episode. Yeah. So, that you know, they've got something something going so while the content might not be massive all the time they're at least letting people know what's going on what bioware's done here is they've gone well we were going to do this but we're delaying it Uh, and then stonewall silence from there there's been no real communication since that point and now people are leaving it's like the uh warframe every other weekend is um the vendor turns up then every three months you get a new frame or new time frame it's just literally a little something different to tempt people back to it for a little bit. Yeah. I mean, Digital Extremes, you mentioned Warframe D. Um, yeah, Digital Extremes, they've got that right as well. They have they have live streams every week, barring, I think they've had a couple of times where they haven't due to personal stuff, or it has just fallen on a convention day and they just couldn't possibly do it. Mm. But, yeah. They're keeping in touch with their community. They're letting them know what's going on. They're not hiring some poor... They're not hiring a community manager and not actually giving them any sort of updates themselves. Turns yeah. out yeah, it turns out Digital Extremes has a good community manager. Perfect World at that point has a competent community manager who's allowed to give them updates. It seems that even at Bioware's side, you know, this, this, this whole thing, they've not got anyone who can actually communicate. It's a PR nightmare. Mm. I think also, though, it depends on the staff you've got. Mm. Because with... I know I keep going back to it, but with Star Trek Online, middle of last month, there was a post put out on the news 
for it and it was basically the artists behind it it was just this like page rant about how yes i finally got the opportunity to redesign the bit i want to redesign mm. if they've got that much of a belief in it that they've been pushing for it for so long then it's gonna be good yeah and it's gonna happen yeah whereas if the staff don't believe in it anymore it's already gone yeah and that, that still leads up to thinking i find it hard to sort of so like indie developers and small studios can have community managers and PR people that are so much better than... Also, if you've just had three C, well, three of the higher-ups just go, nope, fuck it, we're jumping ship, it's not going to do much for the morale for the, no. the rest of the team. Yeah, morale that is already rock-bottom in that place. With the, with the crunch that they've had that's led to a game that hasn't been great, completely aimless direction in terms of how to run the thing and people just giving up yeah it's it's not great i mean we'll keep monitoring it but i mean that 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 i just mentioned it was i just remember what it actually was it was the character creation suite so it was nothing integral to the game but because that person had been pushing for it for so long they were finally happy that it had happened and that come across yeah because all it needed was a coming soon update one paragraph message but it was screens and screens of this woman bragging about the fact, yes, I finally got it, I want to do this for you. Mm. Yeah. A little bit of the creation side yeah. of it. But, you know, we'll, we'll move on from there because that's just, again, just more, more depression, really. Yeah. So, let's look at an interesting change of tack for Platinum Games. Now, okay. we know that Platinum Games make good, good spectacle fighters. Bayonetta. Vanquish, okay. uh, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Because what what better buzzword than mixing revenge and vengeance together and getting revengeance? Oh, actually, I got Bayonetta again this week. Yeah, <laughs> you got Bayonetta twice. Yeah, I got it through the 360, and I just bought it for the PC. Wow. But uh, yeah, they 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 have fan bases as 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 shown. Um, but what you may have noticed a lot of the time, really, apart from Bayonetta 2. Mm. I didn't know there was Bayonetta 2. Uh, unless you had a Wii U. Oh, okay, that's why. You wouldn't You wouldn't have it. Um, and that's part of Platinum's frustrations. They're, they're on the idea that the, that the games that they're making, they're needing to go to publishers to get the, you know, the, the games off the ground. And that then ends up with the IP of the game in the publisher's hands. And that's why we've not had... That's why, even though Vanquish was critically acclaimed, it wasn't commercially a success, but, you know, in the set-up for a sequel, it's why we haven't seen one, because Sega have got the the, the rights, and they don't want a sequel. Bayonetta mm-hmm. only, happened was, uh, only happened because... Nen- um, Nintendo. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Nintendo decided to, you know, go, all right, yeah, we'll do that, at the cost of it being an exclusive... Which mm. means no one really played it because how many of us have got a Wii U? Mm. Everyone. No, they don't. No. <laughs> Everyone considered getting one, then changed their mind. Yeah. Part of that was, as, as if Steph was here, he'd say part of that was the confusion of to whether the Wii U was supposed to be an expansion or a separate console. <laughs> Along with yeah. all other sort of questions that come Is up. Is the Wii U the one with the tiny like remotes that Green. split in half? No, no that's, that's the Switch. Switch. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. The U was the one with the, like, tablet-like device that come with it. Oh, uh, okay. So you could that then... Could... The gimmick so was meant to be that you can it was shove it from one to the other. Yeah. Yeah. In, oh. But in the same room, whereas, like, the Switch is now an actual fully portable device. I don't know so... if it's thingy, but I just got a message saying, he's here, so Steph's landed in Canada. Ah, well, Steph will have already been in Canada for two days by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, so just to just to 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 get on with that then, um, so they've decided that they're going to go into self-publishing. Hmm. So this will be an interesting change of pace for them, according to Destructoid. Uh, they spoke to um, the head of at Platinum, uh, Atsushi Inaba. I've probably massacred that name, but uh, I give them two games till they go bust. Yep. Which is funny because they're they're bringing the they've got two games. That they're they're looking forward to to releasing and my god I just I want it to work for them because I love their games. 
Bayonetta. Well, yeah, don't take us wrong, Ryan. We want it to work. However, without big bank accounts, don't have the money. To it will fail. You say that. Depends. I want to give you two words as my counter argument. Devolver Digital. What's that? Oh. Okay. Yes. My my brain's trying to work it out. Still. Mm. Yeah, Devolver Digital, uh, publishers of indie stuff and you know their own games, stuff oh, okay. like Hotline Miami and Genital yes, Jousting. But they producing AAA games. I, they producing indie games. Well, oh, oh no, but sorry, you're saying Platinum are producing yes, AAA pl- games. Yes, Platinum's. Right. They literally need millions of millions to make one game, and then if they want to sell it themselves, they have to sell it for a kind of equal oh. amount of money. Okay, another two words then. Ninja Theory. They're doing alright on their they're doing alright on their self development. They managed to bring out Swenia's Sacrifice, uh, Hellblade. Yes, and how that long got critically they, acclaimed, like, that got money. How and long they've been on the market? Less time than less time than platinum. Well, okay, fair enough then. It's well depends if the small hopefully they can get it to work. Yeah, I, I have faith. It might be like you say, Darius, it might be might be optimism that's you know, unfounded. Mm. But I've got faith. Well, hopefully they just don't tank like um, Fallout That's and it. stuff. Yeah. Well, if I would say if they will not go too ambition to create a new games, it will work. But if they spend too much money on creating the game mm. and not earning enough of it, then yeah, then, then that will be a problem. Yeah, it will be. But they've they've managed to, you know, they've been successful with everything they've had. Nothing really of theirs has flopped in the traditional sense. Yeah. Even Bayonetta 2, it was successful in its own platform. In, in, in its own regards. I mean, I've got to remember at this point, I'm seeing an image right at the bottom is uh, of that page was uh, near Automata, the one they did with Square Enix, which is at that point by far their success, most successful one, really. Mm. Ma- <coughs> Mainly because of the fact that, you know, such a good game. Combat mechanics were there. The story was was good, and it's done something with New Game Plus I have never seen really before. Okay. Uh, it's been out for a while now. Basically, you completed the story, and you chose. So you got to the main ending, ending A, uh. and you then got option of New Game Plus. So you'd run New okay. Game Plus. You weren't running for ending A again. You were then playing the game from. A different perspective. You were running the same story, but from another character's perspective. Okay. And then you got to the end of that, and you'd get ending B, and it would offer you new game plus again. Run yeah, new game plus again. Well, run game, new game plus, and you were then playing as multiple characters now continuing from a, di- a divergent path uh, path after endings A and B, hmm. and it sort of looped around, and it, you weren't necessarily you were playing new games. But quite literally, so you know, oh. and Platinum were on on that with Square, and I gotta think that I mean that's that's a game based off a, a joke ending for an old medieval game, so oh. you know. But we are running through quite a lot of time here, mm-hmm. so let's end this off with a nice nice resolution to a jokey story. So in 2013, there you <coughs> there used to be a April Fool's page available from Razer, the people who do all the game peripherals and all that. Mm. They said they were going to do a toaster. It was quite clearly a joke. Uh, we've got an old picture as it shows from um, from PC Game here. It was mm. the classic Razer look, neon green on black. And they were going to make a, yeah, a toaster. That's um, got to be Steph's, like a, a bucket list for stuff. Maybe. It's green. Oh, yeah. Well, it's mostly black. Yeah, it's, it's black with green. Yeah, Steph's it... more Steph's more green with black, eh. but um, yeah, it was it was formerly known as Project Breadwinner according to this uh, oh, PC Gamer article, but uh, yeah, it was a giant April Fool's joke. That didn't stop fans though, um, who put likes on the page. Um, you know, they they went and showed their dedication that they wanted this actual razor toaster. Twelve people tattooed <laughs> themselves. With either the Razor logo or the toaster or something to show their support for this mm. this project, 
And so now Razor have give up. And actually, are they going to make it? Yes. Yeah. So uh, yeah, they're they're looking to it. Um, so the project lead now, or Razor CEO, sorry, uh, Min Lang Tan, um, was supposed to say, "Yeah, I'm going to put together my team of designers and engineers. It will take a few years, but I'll be sure to share the progress." Because hmm. um, he, he stated that they were looking to, they had a, a target which was to hit a million likes. They got 40, 44,000 likes and 12 tattoos, which each tattoo was equivalent to 100,000 likes. <laughs> okay. So as you'll see, they'll have made 1.2 million and the change of 44,000 likes. Hmm. So, uh, yeah. Look, they'll make a fortune off it, though, because it'll be um, limited edition this, that, and the other. Yep. Only 10,000 ever made or whatever. Yep. And then people will be clamouring for them. Oh, yeah. And if you've seen the price of a Razer keyboard, though, they're like 80 quid. Sell sell these off at 250 quid each. They have some colour-changing light bulbs on there, depending on how long Toast has been in there. As the PC Gamer article said, maybe maybe see if they can find a way of getting your gamer tag toasted into the bread. Mm. You know? Um, I still kind of want the toast, the Cylon toaster from... Or any of the toasters from um, Big Bang. They go through different ones, don't they? I want to basically make sure all you fuckers get the uh, talkie toaster out of Red Dwarf. No, I would want to smash that to pieces. <laughs> Eventually, not it would. The problem with a bog standard toaster. Ah, but but this one will no, glow no. green. It'll provide no actual benefit Does to toasting. It cook the bread. No, it probably won't. It's like a razor product. So it'll probably fail after two years. <laughs> Does it cook the bread for two years? Ish. Maybe. Planned obsolescence, it'll be like an iPad. So, uh, yeah. So, based on that, speaking of planned obsolescence, it's time for us to finish. So, uh, okay. we'll move this to the to the wrap-up. So, if you have liked what you've heard and laughed at, hopefully, then... Uh, subscribe and stuff. Yeah, please do the like, share, subscribe thing. Click the little bell. After we finish, there'll be an end screen for clickies to, to other various bits. Okay. Keep a lookout on the projects that we've got. Yeah, roleplay not in my games. If you want to watch me slowly descend into madness, uh, playing Resonance of Fate, I'm getting there. Too slow. I'll just club you around the head. Nah. <laughs> um, yeah. You said descend into madness. You could always play Madness Descends. Uh, nah, I'm I'm, I'm fine. Uh, <laughs> so we got that. Then then obviously podcast comes out on the day that you're listening to it. Uh, we've got General's War Table for all your grand strategy or turn-based strategy affairs play session if you want to watch us all argue with each other mm-hmm. sometimes it's fun uh, sibling rivalry mm-hmm. when uh, Duncan and his sister Andrea want to either work together or not meep 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 says the car outside oh, yeah. and Rum says another one aren't you and then Varys aren't you and Thingy's working on a project what project? you and well, stuff? Oh, yes yes thanks thanks <laughs> Dee yeah yeah, uh, Darius and Steph are looking still to continue their project, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about the title when it actually comes out. We will I bring it title. when it's ready. Yeah. Um, but then they've got the, we've got the not-so-regular, but could possibly be more regular content, like uh, something immaterially different, mm. where any one of us could decide to look at games that are slightly odd, not necessarily always the usual sort of games. Like Roombo, you know, a stealth game where you play as a vacuum cleaner, uh, and uh, okay. and then yeah, yeah, we've also talked our branch into opinion content as well with an immaterial take on. And again, that's open to any of the immaterial gamers if they've got an opinion on something that they think they want to 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 talk about within sort of eight to ten minutes or a little bit more. Uh, Aren't we sort of? Oh, actually, no, maybe not. Then uh, and they can come on. Like we've had that. We've had the first one. I sat there and ill while ill talked about the Sonic the Hedgehog movie trailer. Um, mm. Already mentioned it. Duncan does want to look at the games as a services fraud video, and yeah, basically if we've got opinions and we want to record it, they'll end up on the channel at some point. So uh, yeah, look forward keep to that. Watching. Yep, keep and watching. Keep listening. Aye. Uh, so at that point, thank you to to D, Darius, and mine. Woo. No problem. And uh, until next week, please, for God's sake. Don't kill each other. We will try um, not to. We'll see if... Yeah, we'll I see make if, no promises. Yeah. Well, we'll see if um, stuff's... We'll find out how stuff's trip's gone. 
after in a couple of weeks. Yeah, we will. Provided he's not being jailed for kidnapping like you tried to plan last week. Or being chucked into Niagara Falls for annoying someone. Yeah, that that, that sounds like Steph. <laughs> Sploosh. Right, have a good one, guys. We'll see you then. See right. you later. Bye-bye.